Hello, Coastal Community Church. My name is Craig Altman, the pastor of Grace Family Church here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, you have a great pastor. I hope you know that. And T.J. McCormick, I've known him for many years. He's a great leader, great pastor. And, and one of the highlights, T.J., I don't know if you remember this, we were down at Doral Country Club at a pastor's conference, and you and I beat Rick and Randy Bazette known to be the two best golfers in the ARC Association. Those are good times. I've heard great things about Coastal Community Church and what God is doing. I'm excited for you guys. Hey, I have a message today that I really believe is going to speak to all of us about don't forget who you are. And I think in the midst of craziness and all that's been going on and pandemics and, and crisis in our, in our own lives, I think that it's, we, can, we can forget who we are. Because it's so important to, to, to know who we are, and I want to talk a little bit about that. In fact, there's really curiosity out there. Anyone ever done that 23 and me? I did. I, I wanted to find out who some of my ancestors are. I think I did. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you kind of find out because there's a craving, you know, ancestry.com. There's a craving for people to know who am I? Where did I come from? And, and I think those are good things to, to know, but I think there's even a bigger, uh, deeper, uh, question we should be asking is our spiritual roots, right? I mean, not just my ancestors, but but who made me? I mean, what am I here for? I mean, who am I and, and what, what am I supposed to be doing on this earth? Those are questions that, that people ask all the time. And, and I think we need to answer that question by going way back. I mean, I'm talking way back to before the beginning of time because God has the answer for us. He, he, God can tell us who we are. There's a blueprint that's there that, that God can help us with. Because here's what's important about knowing your origins. See, what you believe about your origins shape what you believe, what you value, and how you respond to life situations and eternity. That, that shapes all of that. So it's important to go, what is the foundation, the blueprint of who I really am? And really, there, there are only... Uh, two choices. We'll get to those in a minute, but here's what we get confused with. Sometimes we think our identity or our true identity is, is what we do. And I think that we identify, well, you know, I'm an electrician, I'm a plumber, I'm an attorney, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And that's part of your identity, or I'm a wife, I'm a husband. And, and that's part of it. But the foundation, it can't be uh, in, in temporary things. And what I mean by temporary, you think about uh, temporary things that we kind of place our identity in, our, our position. You know, maybe it's a position that's, it's power. Some people put their identity in power, possessions, right? Beauty, uh, brains, athleticism. Uh, and, and how many of you know that these are temporary things? Anybody over 40 knows that. I mean, these things, listen, these things fade away. These things, I mean, you were cute 20 years ago. You may not be as cute now, I'm just telling you. You might have been strong and agile 20 years ago, but you're just not what you used to be because these things fade. I'm not trying to give you bad news, but if your identity is in that, um, you're going to be disappointed. You know, I, I can remember, and some of you probably can't believe this, but Grace Family Church, uh, we used to do a traditional Thanksgiving Day football game. That's right. I mean, we did it for many years. Our church is 26 years old. And I remember every Thursday morning, I'm not every, every Thanksgiving Thursday, we would go out and we'd, all the guys who thought they were real athletes, we'd come out and we'd have this intense game of flag football. And I'm telling you, in the early years, everyone say early years. Yeah, the early years, maybe 20 years ago, 
You know, um, when we get ready to pick teams, I, I don't want to brag, but I was one of the top picks. I mean, I was either first, second, third, fourth. I mean, it was right at the top. Man, I, I had a little something going on back then. And I knew something happened. I don't know when it was, but right around 50. I remember one time I was going to the Thanksgiving Day game, and my wife, instead of saying score a touchdown, she said, try not to get hurt. That was a sign. And then I remember going to that game, and, 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 I, and I was getting ready, and, and they were picking teams, and they kept picking guys, they kept picking guys, and I kept standing there. Hadn't been picked yet. And finally, one of the last picks, I might have been the last pick, they said, okay, we'll take Pastor Craig. Yeah, that just devastating. You know, I mean, things, faith, things are temporary. Our identity, uh, our true identity has to be in something else, has to be in something uh, more eternal, more fixed. And, and that's what I want to share here uh, in, a, in a few moments. You know, there's a, a couple scripture verses that I think are foundational. And I hope you'd go back on your phones and get the outline. And uh, these are foundational on what your true identity is. And, and we need to hear these over and over again. We need to speak them over and over again. And, and I was going to read these scriptures to you, but then I said, you know, I, I, there's a guy that I, I appreciate what he does. He's, he's called the voice of the lightning. And he goes to our, our Temple Terrace campus, the voice of the magic. And he's, uh, that, he's been that voice when you go to a lightning game and they go back over the score and Hedman score, you know, he does that stuff, right? And uh, so I asked, I asked Terry, I mean, excuse me, I asked Paul Porter, I said, Paul, would you mind doing a voiceover of these scriptures and just do it with a little bit of inspiration? And so Paul, I, I was on one of his radio uh, sports broadcasts one day and he just, he loves God uh, so much, but, but listen, this, just listen to these scriptures and let them speak directly into your hearts. Let it do something in you even right now. Okay, here we go. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Man, is that inspiring? I mean, think about it. The God of the universe who created heaven and earth, the all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God created you and I. Not only created us, but has a purpose. See, if we believe that, I tell you, it, it changes everything. We, we become people of significance, people of worth, people of value, or you can believe what, what, what some have been told that, that no, we're, we're not that. There's, there's no God. We're just an accident of nature. We're just some cosmic accident, some random chance. We came from this primordial pool of, of, of 
of pond scum and somehow we crawled up on the land and we became from a tadpole to something else to something else to eventually an ape and then a human being. I mean, you can believe that. That doesn't seem very inspirational to me. That I'm just some accident, some cosmic thing just so happened and that, that yeah, the, my, my great, 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 uh, great, 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 great grandfather was an ape. That just doesn't inspire me. What inspires me that an almighty, all-powerful, all-creative, all-loving God created me to have a relationship with him. That inspires me. That inspires me. And I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying, you know, in fact, you know, we know this about something of value, something, uh, the value of something is based on the reputation of the designer and the price someone's willing to pay. Would you agree? I mean, if I went and, and painted something on the canvas and I worked hard on it and I said, Vince, I want you to have this. He'd say, wow, I really appreciate that. I'm a terrible artist. But if I gave him a painting from Picasso, changes everything. The value and the worth of that painting would be in the millions of dollars because of the reputation of the artist and what someone's willing to pay for it. Think about that. So think about our value when you read 1 Peter 1, 18. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. I don't know what, about your ancestors, but mine was an empty life. I had no spiritual legacy. I was not raised in a Christian family. So really my life was void. It was empty. I didn't really know who I was or what my calling was. It says, oh, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ. Come on, can everyone say it with me every campus? The precious blood of Christ. God's blood is what bought me. That tells me I'm very, very expensive. I have a lot of value if God was willing to allow his son to shed his blood for me. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God, anytime you feel less than or unworthy, unplanned, or not enough, when you're having those kind of feelings, you're believing a lie. So many of us, man, we, we, we come from uh, brokenness and, you know, maybe poor decisions in our life. And we look at our lives and we go, man, who, you know, we, we struggle with our identity because we identify with our failure and our choices instead of identifying with who God says we are. And there's something very powerful that we can begin to grasp when you, when you realize that, man, God, there's an identity that we, there's a connection he wants to have with us. But when you feel less than unworthy, unworthy in, in these things, you're believing a lie. And, and in fact, I'll say this, identity theft is is rampant in our society, but there's another kind of identity theft that happens all the time. It even happens to believers. You know, think about Adam and Eve. I mean, we don't know what happened, but for a couple chapters in there, when God created them and, and they were walking with God and, they, and he, God said, man, this enjoy this, this Eden. It's all yours to enjoy. And things are going well for a while. They, they knew who they were. They knew who their God was and they walked with them. And then one day it all changed. 
We all know that in, in chapter three, uh, Satan comes on the scene and for whatever reasons, and, and he tempted Adam and Eve and really what he tempted them with is, is this, you know what? Your plan's better than God's plan. You don't need to follow God's plan. In fact, you know what? You can be like God. You, you don't have to have this position. You can be up here and be like God. In fact, you know what? You can be in control of your own life and your own destiny. You don't need God. Pretty much, he lied to Adam and Eve, and they bought into that lie of control and want to be like God, and I'll do my own thing, and they lost their identity, lost who they were. We see it all through the Bible. The apostle Peter, one of the 12 disciples, we, many of us know the story of Peter, and, and he, was, he was called the rock, but for a while, he wasn't the rock. And at the very end of Jesus' life, when, when, when crunch time came and, and they, they arrested him, they're getting ready to crucify him, and it wasn't really popular to be one of his followers at that moment. And he was confronted three times. Hey, aren't you one of his believers? Aren't you one of his boys? Yeah, aren't you one of the guys that hangs with Jesus? And all three times he goes, no, not me. I don't know the man. Lost his identity, or maybe didn't lose it. He hid it. He denied his identity. Maybe some of us are like that. The, we're afraid of what other people think. And our fear of others has caused us to hide or lose our identity with God. Maybe that's what's happened. I don't know. And then you think of another person who lost their identity is the, the story of the prodigal son. Jesus was telling a parable, but in this parable, he talked about there were two sons and a dad. They lived on this, I guess, a big farm. And we don't know what happened. But this son had a, a relationship and identified with his father on the farm. But one day, we don't know what happened, but maybe he was listening to the wrong people. Maybe one day, some of his friends from the city said, you know, farm boy, you got to get out and enjoy life. Stuck on that farm with your dad, way too many rules. You need to go and experience more of what life really is all about. You know, maybe you just need to get out there a little bit and, and find out what's going on. And, and so he, he, told, he went to his dad and his dad wasn't even, he, he said, dad, I want my inheritance now. I can't wait till you die. And, and, he, and he took his inheritance from his father. And the Bible says he went out and he just partied, man. He partied and he kept partying. You know where he ended up? Where most of us end up because pleasure will never satisfy. It always leaves you empty. The Bible said he had spent all he had and he was so poor. He was a little Jewish boy who was so poor. He went out It was actually working on a man's pig farm and they weren't even supposed to be near pigs totally lost his identity and then the bible says one day he came to himself and that's what i pray happens to some of us that we come to ourselves the holy spirit convicts us and says what are you doing over there you belong over here and the bible says that he got up from where he was and he said i've sinned against god i've sinned against my father i'm going back home and he went back home because he, he identified at least where, where his home was at. And, and you know the story, most of us do. He, he gets on all, halfway home and his dad sees him from a long way off. He doesn't say, you no good, sorry, you're not my son anymore. No, he said he was moved with compassion. He put his arms around him, put a robe on his back and he put a ring, which was a, which was a symbol of identity. And he said, my son who was lost is now found. You're still a son and a daughter of God. You, maybe you've walked away and you've lost your identity. Come on home, right? So we see this throughout the Bible, the loss of identity or it's stolen. Very important. You lose your identity, you lose your purpose. 
In fact, I wanted to say this for a moment. Identity drives your purpose. See, a lot of people try to find out what, what am I supposed to do? You got to identify who you are first. Identity, who I am is first. What I'm called to do is second. It's a principle you see throughout the word of God. But I, I, in, in John 1, 19 through 23, it's just so, this is what really helped change and helped me to understand uh, more of who I am, even as a, as a pastor. And in first, excuse me, John, he was John the Baptist. And, and they, were, they were saying, man, who is this guy? He's, he's doing all these great things. So the religious leaders sent some people to say, who are you? Look at John's answer. John the Baptist said, this was John's testimony. They sent him out. They said, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. And you're not the Messiah either, are you? And I'm not either. We're not the king. We're not in charge. God's in charge. But he said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? Nope. Are you the prophet we were expecting? No. Notice he had three no's. Sometimes you get to know who you're not before you discover who you are. I mean, it's so important. We, 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 we got to know who we are not before we know who we are sometimes. Goes on and says, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am. Man, when you can say I am, with confidence and with faith. This is who I am. This is who God made me. This is who I identify with. It changes everything. He says, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. Even though he had an amazing calling and job, identity will always bring you back to real humility. You got to understand that. 26 years, man, I've been pastor in Grace Family Church and I've discovered who I'm not. And trust me, there's a lot of things I'm not. I'm not a good counselor. Please, you don't want to counsel with me. You know, I'm not a good detail person. Don't give me a lot of, I'm not. There's a lot of things I'm not, but you know what? I, I, I've found out who I am and I got to be okay with who I am and how God wired me and how God made me just as you do. I realize, listen, I realize I am not and never will be six foot two, even though I'd like to be. I, I got to know who I am not, but then I got to discover who I am because when I discover who I am, then I link to the purpose God has for my life. Got to know who you are, who you're not. So important. In fact, I'll say this, this story about identity. We've all known, many of us know it, the story of Gideon in the Bible. And I'll give you a little context. Gideon uh, uh, was uh, the Israelites, and they were being, for seven straight years, the Midianites were, were their enemies. And, and every year, they would come and pillage their land. They would dominate. They would bully them. They would, they would take their crops. They'd wait right for harvest time. And then they'd come and steal their crops, steal their livestock. For seven years, this is going on. And in Judges 6, it says that the Israelites, through the crisis they were in, they cried out to the Lord, God, deliver us. And then God answers, but he answers and chooses in a way we don't choose sometimes. And, and so he answers, I'll just paraphrase uh, some of it, that, that basically Gideon is thrashing wheat in a wine press 
uh, a wine press supposed to use for wine. It's, I guess it was a big wooden thing, and, and, and it was something that the wine would be pressed in, uh, but he was hiding inside the wine press, thrashing the wheat because he was afraid that Midianites would come and steal it. And, and I wonder, I just wonder if anybody possibly on any of our campuses, possibly that you might be hiding Hiding from the call of God in your life. Hiding from the true identity of what God's called you to be. Because of fear or I don't feel qualified. But in this story, Gideon is approached by the angel of God. And the first thing the angel says is, uh, mighty warrior. Calls him a mighty warrior. God is with you. And then Gideon's response was like many of our response. God's with us? If God is with us, why is all this happening? Why are we being destroyed? Why is this going on? Why is all this happening, right? He, he goes on and he really says, Lord, I mean, where are all your wonders that their ancestors talked about? And now, Lord, I mean, you say you're with us, but the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. You know, many of us have felt that way. God, what's going on? Why is this happening? I don't understand why. I mean, I, I, I thought I had the perfect marriage and is this, this is terrible. Or I thought this job and God, why are all these things happening to me? And we get disappointed. Anybody been disappointed with God? I have been. You know, I think God can handle our disappointment. I think God can handle our anger or, hey, why is this all happening? God, you've abandoned me. You know, it's interesting. He says all that, but the Lord never answers Gideon's question. But he presses in and he says this. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And I'm, am I not sending you? And then Gideon again says, hey, wait a minute. Pardon me, Lord. I know you called me a mighty warrior, but I've never even had a school fight. I don't know what you see in me that I don't see, but I don't see it. In fact, let me tell you what I see. I, I'm, I'm from the weakest tribe. Not only am I from the weakest tribe, I'm the weakest of the weakest tribe. Would you say that Gideon was struggling with his identity? And yet God was trying to speak something over him about who he really was that he couldn't see. This is a powerful story. And I see all of us in this story of Gideon, that God is calling us, but we feel weak. We feel we're the least, we feel maybe not qualified. We struggle with who we are because only we see are the circumstances or, or what your dad or your mom said or a teacher said and maybe they, they cursed you with words. And yet God called him a mighty warrior. See, we need to believe what God says and what he sees about you and I, mighty warrior. You know, I realize this as I step into it and as we step into saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. God sees stuff in you you don't see. And you'll never discover it until you step out and say, God, I'm going to believe it before I see it. See, identity is critical for finding our purpose. Identity gives us hope. It gives us power. It gives us salvation. It gives us access. I, I love 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, because Peter is trying to remind people of who they are. Verse 8, he goes, this is who you were, past tense, but this is who you are, present tense. Some of us got to get out of the past tense into the present tense. Because God sees something that we don't see. 
But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you, look at it, he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are, come on, everyone say it, God's people. I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Man, I love that verse, Colossians, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. I mean, are we getting this? See, in this new kingdom, we, we have a new identity. We, we have a new purpose. We have a new calling. And I guess I want to repeat a couple of questions. Have you hidden your true identity or have you lost your identity to another land or culture? Have you lost your way? Have you allowed others to pressure you to maybe hide or deny or identify with Jesus? Have you somehow wandered off the path because of the promise of, of more or pleasure or, I, I, you know, whatever has caused us to wander? Have you allowed others to change who you really are? Have you been ashamed and denied who you are, your identity in Christ? I want to tell you something. It's time to reclaim some things. In fact, I want the worship team, come on, on all of our campuses, come on up. We're going we're gonna to sing a song, and this song isn't just a cute little song. It's a song of declaration. It's a song that draws a line in the sand and says to the bullet that's been kicking sand in your face, no more. I'm not going to believe that lie anymore. I'm not going to believe that I'm not enough. I'm tired of being pushed around. I'm tired of, of people conforming me into what they think I should be. My identity is in Jesus Christ. I mean, it just comes to that point where you just, you just say, you know, enough is enough. And, and this song, this song we're going to sing, it's going to be an opportunity for all of us on every campus to, to, to reclaim it, to reclaim your identity, to say, this is who I really belong to. This is who I really am. I am, God, who you say I am. And I'm going to believe what you said. God, I don't feel like a mighty warrior, but I'm going to believe I'm a mighty warrior. God, I don't really feel like a son or daughter right now because I've gone my own way. But you know what? I'm getting back up and I'm coming home to my father's house. I'm going to identify with my roots and, and, and I'm going to identify with these things. Hey, everybody. Man, that was so good. I, I loved that message. One of the things that he talked about at the end, though, is, is going back into worship. Um, and it's actually with a song called You Say by Lauren Daigle. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to look that up on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube, wherever you find music, you can look that up. And, and actually, uh, after we dismiss this post-show, you can go and just worship to that song. Yeah. And, and we want for you to experience that healing um, if you're comfortable with, with doing that in your home. And um, just praying the lyrics over your home and over your family and over your well, your household, your yeah. home, same thing. Yeah. Uh, but here on the post show, what we love to do is just pray over a specific prayer request. So if you guys have any prayer requests that you want, just comment them on Facebook or on YouTube. And, and we're here, we're looking, we're live a little bit. And so we would love to be able to just kind of pray over you, anything that you need prayer for. We also, maybe you watch this later and we're not live anymore, so we can't be praying for you. If you go to coastalcommunity.tv slash prayer, we have a team during this season that is just 
is praying for those prayer requests specifically that you can get phone calls, you can get followed up with. It's just maybe a more, um, you know, when you used to be in school and you like didn't want to tell your prayer request and you would say like unspoken, um, it's kind of like a, that situation, but you yeah. get to type it in in confidence and just know that somebody's going to be praying for it and somebody will follow yeah. up with you. Yeah. So I don't know. Cool. Did you guys see that there's actually people, uh, sitting in the chairs this week for worship? How cool was that? I saw it. Do you know who there. those people are, Susie? They are our dream yeah, team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, part it's, of different dream teams. It's, it's really fun. So if you're a part of our dream team, you actually get to be uh, kind of a part of those recordings. So if you are not a part of the dream team, you want to be able to come but to those recording events, you need to, to get plugged in. I'm just saying. So we have a worship <laughs> night coming up pretty soon. So yep. next Wednesday. Um, and it's going to be just for the dream team. So here's the deal. If you want to be included in that, you need to be a part of the dream next team. Steps. So you have to go to next steps. You have to sign up for next steps and be a part of it because we've got to get you on a team. Exactly. But, all right, I'm not seeing any prayer requests, so we are just going to say a quick prayer for everybody and end the night. Yep. Is that cool? You want to say a prayer for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. God, thank you so much for, for just... Um, that pastor's message, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to uh, tell us who you've made us to be. Lord, you've created us and made us with a design, and, and I know that you're doing work in and through us now. Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak to us. God, guide and lead us through our lives. We love you and we praise you, and we're excited to see what is going to come down towards us. God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you guys have a great Saturday, and see you next week. See ya.